As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop Chef Quality Pots and Pans at MadeInCookware.com. and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan with me this week, Karen Deal. Hello. And Megan Gailey. Hi. This week, Karen Deal, Megan Gailey, and I explore our post-confirmation hellscape from Nikki Haley's mysterious resignation to Taylor Swift's sudden activism. Then North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp joins us to talk about why she changed her vote to no on Kavanaugh. Then we break down ballot initiatives in three states, so pay attention, Alabama, Oregon, and West Virginia, tackle the sorry Trump issued on all of our behalf, and lay out the hills we'll die on. So we've got a lot going on today, but first we have some housekeeping. It's October, which means the holidays are coming up. Spooky. And by that I mean Halloween and All Saints Day, the two most important holidays. But that means we're going to be taking a couple of weeks off eventually to remind our families that we're still alive. So we're going to be doing a couple of mailbag episodes soon, yes. which means that we'll spend the pod answering your questions. And if you want to get in touch or ask us questions, you can email us at hysteria at crooked.com. Make sure to give us permission when you email us to use your name. And if you're not comfortable with us using your name, specify that too, because we wouldn't want to blow up anybody's spot. I mean, we would if they deserved it. Yeah. But you probably don't deserve Are it. Are we going to have a fun, like, mailbag? Maybe. You know? Like, I mean, I you want a jingle. Or just, I love a singing um, mailbox. Mm-hmm. I love singing inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can dress up in a mailbox costume, Okay. I would Megan. love it. Oh, I would love that. With, like, two little, remember where they used to put the newspapers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can have two. Those like can be your little, hands. And then I have, like, a little um, bow that is the thing that goes up and down. I think that's to say, great. Guys, okay. it is a podcast, so that none of that is going to be visible I'll post, to the viewers. I'll post it on my gram. You can take a look. <laughs> I think you'll be able to hear it in Megan's voice. <laughs> right, right. Joy. You'll hear the enthusiasm. <laughs> you can hear the bow in Megan's voice. I love voice. the mail, though. I really do. Getting mail is a treat. I am a, I am a fan of the yeah. USPS. I think it's yes. a very impressive organization that yeah. runs on very little funding. Yep, and it's constitutionally required, so we can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. For now! <laughs> Also, NYC-based Hysteria co-host Blair Amani's book, Modern Herstory, Stories of Women and Non-Binary People Rewriting History, is out next Tuesday, October 16th, so check that out. And Friday is the first of four Pod Save America specials that will air on HBO. I will actually be co-hosting on Friday from Miami. So if you've got your own subscription like an adult, or if you still use your parents' sign-on like a child or somebody who's in a generation whose parents have hogged all the wealth, uh, tune in to see me podcast with my face. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Podcasting. It's like a, it's a weird kind of, it's like printing out a blog is, is a video podcast, but whatever. It's what the people want. Are you going to wear a Miami-themed outfit? No, but I've been obsessing about what I'm going to wear for days. And I'm probably just going to wear something I've already worn because I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I look terrible in everything. You can visit my parents. They live very near Miami. They're about an hour north. Okay. They'll be happy to feed you What something. is that, like Boca? Yeah. Be like, my mom it. will be like, hi, Eden. Nice <laughs> to see you. Yeah, that'll be very They cute. should come to the show. Well, let's talk offline. If they want to come, they can. Oh, yeah. They might like that. 
But we got to get into the news, guys. Nikki Haley has resigned as the ambassador to the UN. Weird timing. A month before the election, she announced on Tuesday morning that she is no longer going to be the ambassador to the United Nations. She used to be the governor of South Carolina, and uh, she was picked to her post right after Trump's election. So she was one of the OGs Mm -hmm. of the Trump administration. Stuck around for a long time. (laughs) Nikki Haley is a Sikh American. It's very insane. Yeah. She changed her name, correct? Yeah. And like she dyed her hair and she kind of like generally like whitewashed herself it's like a thing we talk about in my family we're like it's very weird like the whole thing about it is very weird is what she did something that other people do or is it just something that nikki haley did as a weird person um like i I don't that's a great question that we probably don't have time to get into (laughs) i don't know i think like what she kind of she's like pretty light-skinned do you know what i mean and then her hair and like i don't know there's something there's something it feels very much like, oh, I'm, like, going to run for office and I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to do, like, all the things mm-hmm. to, like, you know, be palatable. And it's just, it's like a... She's, like, the opposite of Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's actually a good way. She's a... Yes, that's exactly right. She did... She pulled an, she pulled an, anti, an anti-Dolezal. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is really interesting. But, you know, the thing is that she, in that crew of people, as governor of South Carolina, she was, you know, she championed policies that were things that I don't agree with personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes she was she was an advocate for kind of awful things. But as a Trump administration official, she is fucking Mother Teresa yeah, compared right. to the other people there. So it's really interesting to see, you know, Steve Bannon was just talking to, I think, Bloomberg today about how the timing was weird. And it is kind of strange that Nikki Haley would have resigned right now. I don't think we really quite know well, what happened. I saw something online, and I didn't fact check it because I didn't care to. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> the resignation letter was dated for the day after Trump made that speech at the UN, where everyone laughed at him. Hmm. Um, so whether that played a part in it or not, it, you know, the UN to me has always been so like sacred, and it's like you do what they say because. It matters and it, it should carry some weight. And I think her being there and kind of being out of Washington and being out of like the political bubble, that had to affect her to some extent mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm I'm representing my country. Yes, but I'm also representing a man who is coming here and and lying and being laughed at. Yeah, that that's interesting. It's also interesting that I think that her resignation letter was made public the day after an ethics inquiry into some flights that she took that could have been paid for by corporate entities. So, I mean, I don't think we know the whole story here. We do know that there is some really colorful speculation about who could replace her. Uh, Dina Powell, former national security advisor, U.S. ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell, and, and, I know, and <laughs> extremely qualified shoe saleswoman, Ivanka Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was like hopeful that in my, in my like, this isn't even in a news article at all. I didn't, there was no source. It was just <laughs> from, from my gut. I was like, oh, maybe she had a crisis of conscience. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe she, maybe she just doubled back from like the dark side. And she's like, this cannot stand anymore. You know what I mean? Like she, that's what I was hoping. Her comments on Jared have been, they were hilarious. So really like, we're like, Nikki, you did such a, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. We don't need that. Thank you. <laughs> Secret genius is really yeah. funny. Uh-huh. Um, Positive America <laughs> host Tommy Vitor tweeted, secret to every, like literally secret. Yeah. <laughs> literally nobody yeah. knows. 
That's what he was uh, saying. Uh, let's move on to Taylor Swift, another important political figure <laughs> as of this week. We didn't know, but... We didn't know. She finally, after not really talking about politics at all, to the annoyance of many, went to Instagram. She took to Instagram to post on Sunday about how she is ind- endorsing Democratic candidates in Tennessee. And she also directed her 112 million followers to register to vote ahead of the November midterms. So uh, 24 hours later, Vote.org received more than 65,000 new registrations, which is a lot. For context, 190,178 new voters were registered nationwide in the entire month of September, while 56,669 were registered in August. So Taylor drove some traffic to this this website, which is cool. You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I have been very publicly, but no one's been listening, um, vocal about how upset I was that she didn't do this during the presidential campaign. She is someone who preaches girl squad, look at my crew. And then I was like, yeah, but there's a there's a big girl squad happening right now that's trying to be elected. And so I am really, really happy. People kept sending it to me and I was like, I don't even want to read this. And then when I read it, I was like, okay, I am. I, I don't think it's too little, too late. I am happy that she did this. And I've had a lot of fun reading like Taylor Swift fan accounts being like, what, Taylor? Well, how could you do this to us? It's like, what? Tell you to vote? I like when Trump was like, I like her music less now. And it was like, yeah. did you like it before? Was I, it for you ever? He yeah. likes Shake It Off. Yeah, he likes it. You know he listened to that when he was like, okay, the haters are going to hate, hate, hate. Um, 112 million followers. And the the math on that, she has 112 million followers. There's how many people are there in America? 300 million? Yeah. And so she has, um, that's, she has nearly. one third of an America. That's right. And and 65,000 new registrations. So yes, I know a lot of people haven't registered, but like if you do the math on 112 million. And what's the percentage? I'm not doing math right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Of that. It's like, I was like, oh. I also do think that she did not endorse Hillary because she was in a feud with Katy Perry. I, 100%. And Katy Perry was like Hillary's girl. Yeah. And so this feud is now ended. She sent her like an olive branch. Yeah. Truly and, mailed her an olive branch. And Katy liked the post. Yes. So okay. it's all it's all over now. And Taylor went through her own, you know, God, I think it, it wasn't criminal, but a... Um, yeah, she went through a lawsuit. Yeah, she went through a lawsuit she with a... She sued the guy for a dollar. Yeah, a man who groped her at a radio station. So yeah. I think she she's had experiences that I definitely think could lead her to this is a genuine thing that she's saying. Yeah, I also think... It's this, bad for her business. Yeah. Because she has... Yeah, but it's... Yeah. Because look at Nike. People were like, Kaepernick is it's going to ruin Nike, and their sales have gone up. Yeah. I also think, though, like here, just kind of in terms of the response that people have had to her, I think that it's it's completely people are completely in the right to be like, OK, Taylor, why didn't you do this before? You know, why didn't you use your power before? Too little, too late. I, I totally understand and respect that. Um, but I also feel like just on a micro level, maybe Taylor Swift deserves a lot of the criticism and stuff just because she's such a huge celebrity. But on a micro level, I think about. This sort of reminded me of friends that I had who just kind of only woke up to politics after 2016. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I see a lot of people kind of grumbling like, hey, you know, well, welcome to the club. You know, we've been mad. We've been mad. And it's true that a lot of people have been doing the work for a long time. But I almost feel like, OK, 
yes, I wish you would have done this sooner, but like, we'll take what we can get. Yes. Come on. Come on. I don't want to, I don't want to punish you. Like this is, these are the people that have already been doing the work. This is how long they've been doing the work. Now join us, acknowledge the people that have always, already been doing the work and let's carry on moving forward. I, I don't want to punish people for not doing activism right immediately, even though I think that it's worth giving people credit who have been doing it for longer, if that makes any sense. And I think if you got Taylor a little drunk and had a one-on-one, she'd be like, yeah, I I wish I had done it earlier. But I think it was a matter of like truly crunching the numbers and being like, am I going to take a massive, massive hit for this? And maybe the positives outweighed the negative for her. And she's like, you got to remember that she's so universally beloved. She kind of started in country. So a lot of her base comes out of, you know, really like a very, she has some support from people who are both Republicans and Democrats. So there is an alienation for her. I I actually think there will be a cost to her like business potentially. Mm -hmm. Not to say that that means that she shouldn't do something. No, I think there was risk involved. There's there's some risk involved for her business, which Mm -hmm. so that makes it cool that she she did it. So thank you, Taylor Swift. And uh, thank you, Nikki Haley, I guess, depending on who replaces her. We'll see if it's secret genius Jared or secret feminist Ivanka Trump who just whispers feminism into bottles and throws them into the water. And that's how she's feminist. I was going to say, and thank you, Aaron Ryan, for the phrase, do the work, you know? <laughs> uh, yes, I came up with that. Do this the Columbus work. Day week, I would like to take credit for coming up with the phrase, do, do the work. Do the work. I was like... Do the work. I feel like, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in a therapist's office. You're doing the hard work. I definitely cannot take credit for that phrase, but I, uh, but yeah, do the work. Important. Today, Hysteria welcomes North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Senator Heitkamp has a long history of public service in her home state of North Dakota, including roles as state tax commissioner and attorney general. In 2013, Heitkamp became the first female U.S. senator elected from North Dakota and is currently up for re-election. In recent weeks, many are coming to know the senator in a new way. She opposed the Supreme Court confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. Hi, from one Midwestern girl to oh, another. Even. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, you need to know oh, that geez. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, yeah. no. And we are sucking. <laughs> I'm Minnesota Vikings, oh, my. so that makes oh, me what happy. What is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Lots We're, of things. Which side of the state are that, you know, and I should be a Minnesota Vikings fan. I know. I know. You picked it's the, all good. You picked the cooler team, though, because the Packers are inherently cool. I curse the day that my father forced me to be a, a Minnesota Vikings fan because it's like the Packers. So we're in, we're in Wisconsin are you from? Uh, Sean Duffy is my parents' rep, so I'm from. Oh, okay. uh, I'm from way up north. So then you have no excuse to be a Vikings fan. Well, Twin Cities are close. I, Twin Cities are close. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna have to call my parents and be like, the senator <laughs> told me I have to switch team affiliations. I'm sorry. <laughs> Green and gold, baby. <laughs> You're wearing a cheese head right now. I can hear it in yeah. your voice. I can hear it in your voice. Okay, Senator Heitkamp, you made a very politically brave decision over the last week, and that was the decision to vote no on the confirmation of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Can you take me through the moment that changed your mind on Kavanaugh and and when you decided to vote no? 
you know, um, I have always taken the position, as I did with the confirmation of uh, Neil Gorsuch, that the president elections have consequences. Two wrongs don't make a right. I thought Merrick Garland would be just a wonderful jurist, but I wasn't going to hold it against uh, Neil Gorsuch because the Senate was unable to, to and the majority leader would move his um, nomination. And so, you know, I start everything with your, your, as long as you're intellectually qualified and qualified by temperament, you're entitled to confirmation. And so I did my due diligence, decided that I cannot make those decisions until I see the hearings. And after the initial hearing had really kind of concluded, okay, there's nothing here that concerns me, but then the allegations surfaced. And it really was that hearing where I began to have very serious concerns about the judicial temperament and the impartiality and the ability of this nominee to serve in a way that I think is becoming the Supreme Court and what we think the Supreme Court is. And so I always tell people the moment at which I I was disturbed from the very beginning, but the moment that I really had, you know, very, very clear and sharp concerns was the interchange with Senator Klobuchar. And I thought Amy approached it and he came at her and said, have you, and she looked at him, and kind of like, okay, you know, you're angry. We're going to give you a second chance. And she came back and he did it again. And I thought the repetition of that response, the anger in that response, and and the inability to handle the stressful situation. You know, serving in these positions is stressful, and you're going to make people either happy or mad um, almost every day. Mm-hmm. But we expect people who serve on the court to serve with a sense of impartiality, with judicial temperament, and I didn't see it. I waited until after the final FBI report to see if there was anything in there that would once again change my mind. Seeing nothing, we we went ahead and announced that I would be a no. Hmm. I think it's interesting. People want to put this in a political context, and certainly if you did, the answer would have been yes. Hmm. North Dakota, millions of dollars were spent in North Dakota urging a yes vote. Our calls, in spite of that, actually went about 50-50. But, you know, my sense was that North Dakotans were supporting his nomination, you know, but North Dakotans weren't sitting in that room and, and individually didn't have that responsibility. And so I think they sent me there not to take public opinion polls to make decisions, but to exercise my judgment. And my judgment was really two things. I don't think Dr. Ford lied in anything that she said. And I do believe that Brett Kavanaugh's response to the questioning and response to the challenges that he was presented resulted in him showing a judicial temperament that was not fit for the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about your Senate race. You're running a tough one in North Dakota against a Republican named Kevin Kramer, who, because he's on in the spotlight now, he's had an opportunity to say some uh, pretty wild things about the Me Too movement, <laughs> um, to put them mildly. He called Christine Blasey Ford's accusations uh, against Brett Kavanaugh, quote, even more absurd than Anita Hill's against Clarence Thomas. And he also called the Me Too movement a movement toward victimization and implied that women in his family were somehow too tough to have been victims of sexual abuse. So in response to that, you know, our listeners are probably familiar with the fact that you told the story of your mother's sexual abuse. What has the response to you coming forward with that story been from other women, from other women of North, from North Dakota and from elsewhere? I think, I think it's, it's been overwhelming that, Heidi, you're always someone who has 
responded and stuck up for victim. You know, it's the reason why I'm in public life, which is interesting. I was tax commissioner, which is a financial job, enjoyed it very much and still carry a lot of that kind of interest forward. But I really became attorney general because the domestic violence advocates came to me and said, we really want an advocate for victims of domestic violence in in the attorney general's office. And so it's been a big focus of mine, not only understanding legally what happens to victims and the challenges that victims experience and the challenge that our law enforcement experiences investigating these allegations, but also the challenges that we have kind of societally mm-hmm. and, and moving forward with, with a better understanding of how pervasive this actually is. And so I approached it not just from the standpoint of this nomination, but this is something that is now being pursued. And, and I think that the counter narrative is that you're somehow weak if you've either been a victim or you report your victimization or you suffer trauma as a result of, of what happened to you. And I think that just for me triggered uh, a pretty rapid response, something that I hadn't talked about up to that point. But I, but I, it was like, like he was saying, well, my mom's a strong prairie woman. And I thought my mom's a strong prairie woman, my mom who recently passed away, who has been our guiding light on all these issues. And so, you know, I just I I think it was more feeling like I needed to defend the strength of my mother. Mm -hmm. Well, I bet she would be proud of you for for talking about her in this context, because that was something that's pretty brave to bring up, especially in the context of your own family. How pervasive do you think the idea is that women can escape abuse by being tough? Like, why do you think that that in the last few years it's become something that's so aligned with the Republican Party. Why why is it that the Republican Party is now the party of not believing survivors and it doesn't I don't think it was that before. What has have you noticed that too? Yeah, I would want to walk that back a little bit. I have literally thousands of good friends who are Republicans who would say that's not the Republican Party that I support. Mm -hmm. There are literally thousands of dollars that go to domestic violence shelters from women who are very prominent Republicans in North Dakota who believe that this this is a problem that we need to solve and change. And so I I don't think just I don't like labels. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's more important to kind of understand that the the discussion now has really been political. Instead of everybody stepping back saying the confirmation process is over, now it's time to actually have a discussion about about sexual violence against women and how we can come together to uh, recognize that we have not come as far as what we should should have come in preventing it and in prosecuting it. And Mm -hmm. why is it that women feel like they can't tell? It's not just women with 30-year experiences, it's women with recent experiences. And I've, I've gotten tons of letters from women. In fact, some women who have actually reported it and had a horrible experience kind of going forward from that point. And so, so I think that, that the, the inability in, in, for us to turn the page and to say there is a problem, and I think that right now the political response on the other side, and you see it in Congressman Kramer's comments, has been, oh, well, you know, um, we, have to, we, we have to ignore this problem because it means that, that victims are, are weak or victims who are strong um, don't report it. I mean, I, I just think that that's a narrative that we can't afford this moment to pass without challenging. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I was wondering is, is you and Donald Trump, um, you voted in favor of things that the president uh, has pushed in a lot more frequently than a lot of Democrats. You're more of a centrist than a lot of members of your party. Like you said, you don't you don't like labels. Have the last few weeks 
and Donald Trump's handling of uh, Christine Blasey Ford's accusations against Brett Kavanaugh. Ha- have that has that affected your feelings about the president or are you just are you still able to kind of keep blinders on and work on each individual issue as a standalone? Well, I think it's my job to to advance the public policy agenda that's good for North Dakota, and you work with whoever you can find um, to to get that done. And so I hope that it wouldn't prevent me from getting water resources for Devil's Lake or, you know, making sure that we had broadband down at Standing Rock. Those are all really critical and important issues, Mm -hmm. and we can't walk away from two years of opportunity and potentially six years of opportunity to move uh, agenda forward. But but it's what I've been saying all along. When I agree with him, I'll tell you. When I disagree with him, I will also tell you that. And, you know, when I when I watch some of this, I think how sad it is that this has become political when we could have a moment where we actually talk about this as a pervasive problem in America and what we can do to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the challenge moving forward is to always find common ground. I went by a, a sign next to the Supreme Court. It says violence against women. It basically said it's, it's women's right not to be victims of violence. And, and I thought, well, that's a unifying message. I mean, who, who's going to disagree with that? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, when, when people are playing the political card on, on the other side on this, we're missing that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we, we call it out and continue to do the work. But, you know, it, this is something I think people kind of need to think about in, in that because of the Me Too movement and because of all the high-profile discussion that we're having, people kind of think, oh, well, you know, we just woke up and discovered this. When I started out working in sexual assault, it still was okay for people to say, why were you dressed like that? It was still okay for for people to say, well, you know, you had consensual sex with this person once before, so, you know, it's, it, it, you, know you can't really be complaining about it now. Mm-hmm. And, and it hasn't been that long ago when those things were okay. We can, in fact, do better. But we have done a lot on the, the, you know, I think people see, you know, kind of all those, those that, that ground that shifted in the 90s and, and the early 2000s and think maybe this problem is solved. And what we're discovering here, it's far from solved. There is literally hundreds of thousands of victims telling their story, many of them for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think people are shocked by that. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like we're in a watershed moment, but it's a watershed moment in a line of watershed moments. And yeah. We're going to talk about something fun to end it on a lighter note so you have nice uh, nice energy to go out and campaign today. <laughs> a little bird told me that you're a singer and that you're pretty good at covering Janis Joplin. I, well, I do it. You know, I did it in high school. And so, you know, all, all my friends still from high school, oh, you know, sing Mercedes Benz. You know, so <laughs> so I, I'm always singing. I, I think um, my... my I should never play poker because my what what I'm singing is always a tell on what I'm thinking, which is really <laughs> interesting. Sometimes I'll stop and say, "Why am I singing that song?" And then I'll realize it, it reflects kind of what's going on in my life right now. You sing, narrate your life. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, to me, to me, the um, uh, it, it, it's just something I, I have always done, and my family would tell you that many times it was never appreciated. <laughs> I, you know, I've not been widely appreciated. <laughs> For the uh, for the talent that I have, in fact, most of them say get a day job. And I'm saying I'm trying to keep the one I have because I'm not going to make it as a singer. What's your go-to karaoke song? Anything Patsy Cline. Oh, good choice. 
Good choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I right. I love Patsy Klein. So do I. Thank you, Senator Heidkamp, and have a great day. You bet. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we're back. As you know, Crooked Media has launched Vote Save America. So if you haven't visited already, go to votesaveamerica.com and you can register to vote, view competitive races, and soon you'll be able to see sample ballots. Here at Hysteria, we have been highlighting female candidates that we're really excited about. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a pivot. There are currently 13 cases regarding reproductive rights just one step away from the Supreme Court. With Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation cementing a conservative majority on the court for possibly decades, that means it's up to the states to protect women's right to abortion. And that means it's more important than ever to pay attention to ballot initiatives in your state. There are currently three ballot initiatives which are seeking to restrict women's access to abortion and proper health care nationwide. If you live in one of these states or have friends who do, make sure they're registered to vote and ready to tell their friends how these measures would attack their right to choose. So the first one we're going to talk about is in Alabama deep red state in the deep south. Um, Amendment 2 in Alabama is uh, the state abortion policy amendment. Amendment 2 would establish the rights of unborn life and deny any constitutional right to an abortion. So basically that means that under current law, the state constitution does not include any language about abortion at all. Amendment 2 would make it state policy to recognize and support the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children, including the right to life. It would state that nothing in the state constitution will provide rights to an abortion or require funding of abortions. So basically, this is an attempt by the Republican-controlled state government to eradicate a woman's constitutionally protected right in Alabama. You can get more info from Ballotopedia. But what happens with laws like this is if Alabama passes the law, it'll get challenged in court, and it'll get challenged all the way up to the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court says, actually, this law is okay, then the law will go into effect and other states will feel free to pass their own laws. So Alabama's Amendment 2 uh, is is one that we need to keep an eye on. So if you vote yes on Amendment 2, you support limiting right to choose in Alabama. If you vote no, you don't want to limit a woman's right to choose in Alabama. So we would say go ahead and vote now. No. Go ahead and vote now. And I make myself like a little cheat sheet of all the ballot measures because it is sometimes they're worded in a way that you're like, Wait, yes? Do I? So it is like you can bring that in and just be like, okay, I'm no, yes, no, you did what? That's my. That's my, good. And then also, I think Vote Save America is going to have those initiatives on it too. That, so you awesome. can you can look them up. Um, yeah, but they're always worded so strangely. They are. It's like, do you not want to yes. discourage the state from possibly not? And it's like, what? And there's also yeah. so many commercials happening right now that are very, very confusing. I've been watching lots of Love Island, and for some reason, that's where they're advertising all the props in California. And I'm like, you think this is your market? Okay. Yeah. Um, but they, I'm like, wait, am I at what? What am I on 10? I don't know. Yeah. So, they just say, like, prop, whatever, will hurt yes. homeowners. It's like, how? What is it asking to do? I, I'm, I'm not just going to take your word for it, but not everybody is is that sophisticated, I guess. So this prop is coming from Oregon, which is you know, disheartening because Oregon is definitely thought of one of those states that's kind of a haven for all that's good and right in mountains and making beer. Oregon Measure 106, it's a ban for public funds for abortions. So this measure would amend Oregon's constitution to prevent abortions from being covered by publicly funded health insurance plans, except when medically necessary or in circumstances of 
rape, incest, or diagnosed ectopic pregnancies. Oregon is one of 17 states that does allow for publicly funded abortions. This amendment aims to reduce access to abortions in Oregon. It specifically would reduce access among low-income individuals on state-funded plans. Arguably, these are the people who would be pushed further and further into poverty as a result of not having access to an abortion. Yeah, it's tricky. You hear people be like, I don't want to pay for things. I think that's like a, a that's a commonly held thing. It, it's very important to pay for things, though. Yeah, I mean, you're going to pay for it eventually. Yeah. Like if if the state is funding abortion, it is funding the women who are having abortions ability to access opportunities that they wouldn't have if they were not taking care of a child or things that they're not ready for. So, you know, let's say that women who are low income are pushed into having children. They're pushed even further into poverty. And that child now requires more funding from the state. And if the state's like, no, we're also not paying for the child, that leads to crime, disenfranchisement, hunger, pain. These are things that eventually we will pay for them. It It is quicker to just give women a right to choose when to have a a family and what size that family should be and to make it easy for them to make those decisions. But I guess the party of fiscal responsibility doesn't really see it as fiscally responsible. It's also opposed by Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, lots of pro-choice and like female-headed organizations in Oregon. The yes vote would amend the Constitution to prohibit abortions from being covered by publicly funded health insurance plans, and the no vote opposes amending Oregon's Constitution. So if you live in Oregon, we suggest you vote no. (laughs) Very good. Oh, I heard there's some fuckery afoot in West Virginia. Some fuckery is afoot in West Virginia. Uh, There's Amendment 1, which is the no right to abortion in Constitution measure. So that's always a very promising start when it's the no right to abortion in Constitution measure. Not particularly subtle, that one. That one's not subtle. Just as as a short little, you know, going into it, the amendment would change the Constitution explicitly to state that it does not protect a woman's right to have an abortion. So in other words, if uh, Roe v. Wade were to be overturned, like you were talking about, Aaron, this language would make it constitutionally impossible to allow an abortion in West Virginia. It specifically adds language to the Constitution saying, quote unquote, nothing in this Constitution secures or protects a right to abortion or requires the funding of an abortion. And the president, I kind of loved this, the president of West Virginians for Life said that this language is included to make it very clear that the state constitution isn't going to be addressing the abortion issue. But if you're going to (laughs) argue that updating the state constitution to explicitly say that you're never going to protect the right to abortion, that kind of addressed you addressed the issue. Pretty Pretty loud and clear. Yeah, pretty loud and clear. If I rolled in here today wearing a full on, you know, panda suit and I yelled, we're not talking about the fact that I'm wearing a panda suit. We have already talked about it. Yeah. It is already a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. The bottom line on that is while adding this language wouldn't immediately outlaw a woman's right to choose to have an abortion in West Virginia, uh, it does explicitly remove all protections of that right from the West Virginia Constitution. So West Virginians for Life support it. The League of Women Voters, the ACLU West Virginia, Women's Health Center of West Virginia, Palm Parenthood, and W. V. Free all oppose it. 
a yes vote means that you support altering the West Virginia Constitution to say that it doesn't secure or protect a woman's right to have an abortion or fund an abortion. And a no vote says you don't support that measure to say that women don't get the right to have an abortion or fund an abortion. So I think, oh, God, it's a toss-up on this one, guys. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's close. I, I think it, it's a... I'm leaning toward no. I'm leaning toward no. I'm a no. Okay. Okay. And well, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> three no's. Three no's. Yeah. When in doubt. So if you live in Alabama, West Virginia, or Oregon, pay attention to your ballot. No, 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 no. <laughs> and let us know. If you, if you live in West Virginia, Alabama, or Oregon... Right in, right into the show. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. I also think it's important to know, I think we're going to be talking about abortion on an increasing level. Like, take care of yourselves, you know? Like, I think this will be triggering and will bring up a lot of, like, memories and issues for people. And you also need to be to be kind to yourself and be kind to others and be be thoughtful in how... And how you talk about this and think about it and yeah. frame it in your everyday life. I hadn't really thought about that, Megan, but you're so right. That, you know, just the way that the sexual assault conversation has happened over and over again. And every single time women have been like, it happened to me and it's real. Hey, check it out. It happened to me and it's real. And then you have to relive it as a woman yeah. talking about it. The same thing is, you're right. The same thing is probably going to happen when it comes to abortion. Mm-hmm. Women are going to stand up and have to relive something that was very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It's something that's so much more common than the people who oppose abortion are willing to admit. And it's something that, you know, isn't always really fun to think about or talk about, but something we'll be continuing to talk about. And if you guys want to get in touch with us, as Kieran said, you can reach us hysteria at crooked.com. We have to take a break, but when we come back this week in Sorry. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you 
stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a, oh. it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like... Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're... They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, Ugh. Um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad... Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. And we're back with This Week in Sorry. This week isn't 
Oh, God. Well, women are, are really good at sorry because we apologize too much. This is a real bad sorry. This is a sorry that I don't really want to sign on to. So Brett Kavanaugh was sworn in as a Supreme Court justice this week on Monday. And during his ceremonial swearing in, the one that was aired and photographed, uh, President Trump took it upon himself to apologize to Brett Kavanaugh and his family on behalf of all of us. No. On behalf of all of us. He said, on behalf of our nation, I want to apologize to Brett and the entire Kavanaugh family for the terrible pain and suffering you've been forced to endure. You don't speak for me? Yeah. I, I didn't even know he knew the words I apologize. I didn't yeah. even know it was in his vocabulary. <laughs> so, wow. Well, because he's doing it on our back. He's saying we didn't. We were bad. He oh, didn't do anything. right, right, right. It's it's still, it's not even like I want to apologize yeah. that I'm a monster. No, 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 no. I yeah. want to apologize on these monsters' behalf is what he's saying. Isn't it, there's something truly darkly, sickly ironic about a president who has sexual assault allegations against him forcing an apology from the women who made allegations against a man accused of sexual assault. It's just like an, uh, it's just like a tiramisu of garbage. Well, he's like, I know what it's like. A pyramid <laughs> scheme of garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so, I don't know. I remember seeing that and my first reaction to it was, so this weekend when he was, when it was pretty clear that Collins, as we'd always <laughs> suspected, was going to vote for him. I remember thinking, okay, okay, you know what? This, I, I need to, I need to check out. I need yeah. to take him. I take a minute, went on a couple hikes this weekend. I got to play with dog. Um, I just was like, you know, there's no, there's no value in me right now watching Mitch McConnell's gross little mouth talk about how happy he is that Brett Kavanaugh got confirmed. There's no value in that for me. Mm -hmm. They're doing that performance so that somebody like me feels bad and discouraged. And I can opt to turn that off. Yeah. I can't opt to turn off the part about, you know, what are the ballot measures in a, in the state where I'm voting and who what candidates am I supporting and can I go canvas? Those are things I can't turn off. Who who should I be supporting? Who can I be helping? Those are things I can't turn off. Who is gloating at me over Brett Kavanaugh is something that I can just be like, peace, bitch. I don't need to watch you do this right now. I'm going to go on a fucking hike. I don't know. Megan, did you have a reaction to the Kavanaugh confirmation? I was flying out on Saturday of New York and I was very, very hungover. And I had seen Bruno Mars the night before and really was so happy. I stood next to a 10-year-old boy and his mom and I loved them and I kept shouting, you have a cool mom. And I was feeling really Were good. Were you wearing pink? Um, I was wearing a see-through top. And if you want to DM me, I'll let you know it was coursing through my veins. <laughs> but I was <laughs> feeling good. And I got to the airport and they had it on every TV. And then I started becoming like, because everyone was watching it. You know, they, like there was college football on and it was like, no one's really watching this. And I would particularly actually rather watch that. But everybody was like, and then I started becoming paranoid and looking at everyone in the airport. Like, do you like that? Like, I was like watching an elderly couple and I'm like, did you make this happen? Like, I truly, and then, and I had the same thing of like, I got to stop now. I can't engage any further. I don't want to see their champagne flutes. I don't want to watch their like celebratory parade that they're going to take. And I, and I watched Gabrielle Union fight people in a movie on the way home. She punched a bunch of white guys and, and I haven't really tuned into anything else since, but I, I, that's also like a privilege I have to, mm -hmm. to close that door and walk away from it. And I know 
some people don't have the privilege to be like, well, that is that that gloating is done for me. Right. I mean, I'm just saying that we don't have to watch. The gloating itself is not something that gives us anything. The gloating just gives us bad feelings. Like paying attention to what cases are making their way through the Supreme Court and showing up to protest is useful or doing things that w- that we can do when we have the chance to do them is useful. I just don't know how useful it is to just like sit there and like let Lindsey Graham, who is <sighs> so much shorter than he seems like you're like oh you're a tiny little man tiny little Lindsey Graham I I don't need to see him acting as though he just you know invented chocolate or you know I don't I don't need him to to take credit for this thing it's it's like not it's not helpful for me it just makes me feel bad and discouraged I don't know Karen what did you think I called uh I mean I did a lot of calls this past week the senate like the senator calls to the people like um, mansion and you know, I called, I also, I'm like, for lo, vote in Florida. So it's like, I called Marco. I called Marco. How's I'm, Marco doing? I'm on a, I'm on a first name basis <laughs> with all of them. I called Marco. I called Murkowski. You know, I just gave everyone a call and left messages. I haven't heard back from anyone. Oh. It's a little rude. It's a little rude, guys. Not even if, a phone tag. If you're listening, get back to me personally, please. I, I would like to have a word with you. That's the first thing. But, um, I think it's helpful to zoom out a little bit, like just to kind of not even walk away, but to just zoom out and remember that there's been a lot of times in American history where, you know, something really untoward happened or, you know, our policies didn't fall on what I would consider to be the right side of history. Um, It, you know, like that's been a trope you know, over, for hundreds of years. America getting it wrong. Yeah, it's That's, kind of a thing. Like, it's it's a, it's a thing that has been, that has been happening literally for centuries. But the overall arc is one of progress, you know, from like, let's say 1800 to now. So it's like, just kind of keeping in mind that something can be um, what I would consider in 2018 to pretty, be a pretty uh, egregious overriding of power and understanding that I don't think that the people who voted for Kavanaugh, I think they really looked at it as a as a political situation as opposed to a how particularly damaging it is to women and and what that means for the country in terms of I mean, I really do think that in this particular case, it's like beyond partisanship mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And that the kind of gross ignoring of that by the Senate felt like a rebreaking of trust, like mm-hmm. an already tenuous trust in the the contract between the government and the American people for me specifically. Yeah. Um, but that's been a trend like that. That has existed for hundreds of years in in um, in the American government in terms of the way people have been treated over time. And yet it's like there has been improvements. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, in a grand way. The thing is, though, that the improvement cycle, I guess there's ups and downs, right? Sure. You know, there's like times when things seem like they're moving in a good direction and then times when there's, they're moving in a bad direction. And during those downswings, there are people that are truly harmed during those downswings, even though when it swings up again, you know, there'll be, well, maybe it'll swing even higher. There are people that are, you know, two-year-olds in immigration court right now. There sure. are, you know, there are people who are who are being irreparably harmed. And, and I think that it's good to zoom out, but I also think like, oh God, what is happening right now across this country to our, to our environment to immigrants to uh women is is like it's almost as though the people that are making the laws view the country as white men like they count as america everybody else is sort of like extraneous and 
I don't, I, I think like, I'm trying to think of a way to make this into lemonade. Uh, I was going to say for me, it's like zooming out helps to say that like the, to not feel despair. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? To understand that there, that there are swings that are both positive and negative and that like, it's not, this is not like the end. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the end of the story for mm-hmm. what happens to the Supreme Court forever or whatever it is. You know, like this isn't the end. I, f- I find that very helpful because otherwise I find that I like get so discouraged. I think, and I, th- I was talking to friends about this. It's like somebody would be like, you see, this is why I don't listen to politics. This is why I don't oh, bother. Yeah. This is this is why this is why I don't read the news. It ruins my day. Like there are people who just like are like, you know what you said. I just checked out when Mitch McConnell did this because I just went on a hike. Well, there are people who are like, I can go on a hike every day. Mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to any of this shit. Yeah, but you do. That's part no. of what it is to be part of a democracy. Is that's part of your job. You do. You have to pay attention to this. You don't have to pay attention every second, but you can't check out. You know. I think you can. It. It's. I think the question is, what are the positive steps that you can take? And then what is the self-care you can do for yourself so that in your own life, you are productive? You're in fighting shape. Yeah, that's right. I've, done, yeah. I've done a lot of imagining what Ruth Bader Ginsburg is doing to him. Like, is there some sort of hazing process that, like, in um in Sex in the City, when Charlotte's water breaks and she sees Big and she's like, shame, shame on you. That's what I'm imagining Ruth Bader Ginsburg is doing to Kavanaugh, but I don't know. I don't know if she's making him wear uh like Lilo and Stitch backpack. I don't know what what the <laughs> what the freshman Supreme Court hazing process is, but I've um, I've created scenarios in my brain that have brought me some amount of joy. I was imagining like a cafeteria, like a Supreme Court cafeteria and nobody wants to sit with him. He has to eat his own fruit cup alone. Him and Clarence Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or even Clarence Thomas is like, psych, you're on your own. You know? <laughs> Clarence yeah. Thomas puts a pube on his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It is. Fu- it's not funny. It is funny. I, I really want to know how Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan feel about him. Like, Specifically, Sonia Sotomayor, because she's so outspoken on the bench and she's such a like a strong, staunch liberal. I cannot imagine that she's feeling great about him being there. I can't imagine what it would feel like if, you know, if I was writing on a show and they're like, we're bringing in this new writer. It was a really contentious process. He definitely he, he definitely got credibly accused of sexual assault a couple times. But we're bringing him in anyway because it's that important. I don't know if I would still want to come to work. Yeah. Mm hmm. That sucks. I don't know. Megan, are you doing anything to like take care of yourself? You know, I think this weekend it's been interesting to see how much people are like clinging to A Star is Born. And I'm like, listen, (laughs) it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. But like people are clinging to it in a way because it came at like a time of like, Oh, singing in love. You know, like it truly, this this happened with Making a Murderer a few years ago. It like came out when everybody was at home on the holidays with their family. And we're like, I'm just going to watch this show about murder instead of have to engage with my uncle. <laughs> and so like there's this like perfect storm. I've, I mean, I watch a lot of sports because there is fairness in sports to some extent. Like you can argue off the field what happens, but like on the field, the people that are supposed to win, win. Mm-hmm. And that is like a nice thing to see. And I'm so excited for LeBron to be in LA. Like I talk to my mom a lot more um, just because we share a lot of this, you know, she'll call me when she's like, I talked to someone at Planned Parenthood today and they seemed excited about how much I was donating. Like we tell each other every time we like 
you know, do something. I'm like, I call, I talked to Joe Donnelly's people today. Um, so I feel myself really like engaging with the, with the women in my life a lot more. And then, God, I, yeah, Love Island. <laughs> I haven't watched that. I think I'm saving it for the next national crisis. The Brits are just kind to each other on it. And, like, their voices are soothing. Um, so it's like the Great British Brit- uh, Bake Off, but with bang- the Great British Bang Off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. But even they're, like, they approach the banging in a, in a nice way. They call it shagging. Yeah, crack on and... <laughs> what? Crack on. I think that's when they're, like, having fun talking. You got good banter. They say banter a lot. Yeah, banter. I'm going to have to watch this Love Island show and get myself out of the like minor funk that I'm in about Brett Kavanaugh. Well, because Real Housewives is usually my escape, but the only ones on right now are OC and Dallas. And it's like, well, all of these fuckers are on the wrong side of history, you know? <laughs> so you're like, oh boy, you know, you just got Vicky Gumbelson and it's like, I know your thoughts on Trump. What I do like is that when you talk, you get really you'll be as intense about Kavanaugh as about somebody on the OC. You're just like rubbing your face. My, yeah, my intensity knows uh, no bounds. No bounds. Absolutely yeah. not. All and, in or all and out. sports, too. Yeah. I mean, there's there's whole teams of men I've never met who I hate more than equal to people that have done terrible, horrible human rights crisis activities. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you didn't specify because that would have been a little bit I, of a shitstorm. Well, the thing is, no, I absolutely hate, but then... The flip is if I, I've met some of the bad, some of the fine men that are on the bad teams and I'm like, they seem kind of nice. And <laughs> with these, with this crew, with the Kavanaugh crew, I would not, I would not, 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 not. I'd go, you have a terrible haircut. Yeah. You never should trust a, a rich man with creepy little teeth. That's, that's yeah. the main takeaway from the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Don't trust a rich person with creepy little teeth. You can afford to fix it and you didn't, you know, you didn't. That's a great point. Yeah. Because you know why? Because men don't have to. They can look like shit and be on the Supreme Court. God damn. Okay. Well, we have to take a break. When we come back, Hills will die on this week. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. And we're back with The Hills Will Die On This Week. These are the issues that matter the least that we still care about a lot, adamantly. Uh, So, Megan, what's yours? Hot tubs freak me out. 
Why? I Because I usually get in a hot tub when I've just had a meal. And then I get in and I feel like it's cooking my food in my stomach. Mm. <laughs> and I don't like it. Mm. I So, mm. like, I don't want to get in a hot tub empty stomach. You're like the boiled chicken in the, yeah, the water. It's very strange. And I feel like hot tubs are, like, filthy. They remind me of, like, a 90s past of, like, swingers party. I don't know. I, like, we would go in them as children. And now I'm like, don't put a child in a hot tub. That's a sex bin. You know, it's weird. <laughs> weird things happen in hot tubs. I don't think they're fully sanitized. You can get your hair caught in the things. I don't know. But whenever I am looking for an Airbnb, I do like to see if they have one with a hot tub. <laughs> that is the weird. That is weird. Well, it's hard. Actually, there's a really funny picture of my friends and I. We're all sitting in a hot tub and we have our hands above the water. And it's because we were smoking a joint and we couldn't get our hands wet. <laughs> and it is one of my favorite photos. But I remember even that instance. I'm like, my food's cooking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> all right. I've had I've had fine experiences in hot tubs. They've been just they've been good to me. So here's my hill. I'll die on this week. Cinnamon gum is fine. It's a fine flavor of gum, and I wish that it were more available and acceptable to chew. People say cinnamon gum is gross, but I think it's just, I think it's fine. There's nothing okay. wrong with it. What about a spearmint? I mean, I'll, I'll chew any, I, I don't give a fuck. I'll chew any gum. Yeah, I don't Put mind a gum cinnamon. In front of <laughs> yeah, I'll chew anything. Paper, chew, water, watermelon, that, that bubblicious flavor we used to, that I used yeah. to chew when I was little that was so sweet that you yeah. like almost would swallow. I'll, I'll chew that. I'll chew any kind of gum. Cinnamon gum is fine, and people complain about it, and it's not that bad. I think it's just for show. It's like hating Nickelback. You know? Nobody really hates Nickelback that much. I don't like cinnamon gum. If I had a choice I'm fine with it. If I had a choice between like no gum and cinnamon gum, I'd be like, I'm good. <gasps> wow. Wow. I've never turned down a piece of gum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gum gum's good. All right, Karen, what's your hill? Uh I'm a big fan like garlic sauce. Garlic sauce, like the Mediterranean garlic sauce that they mm-hmm. put on things. I think it's the butter of ethnic people. I'm pretty sure that if I was stranded on an island and there's only one thing I could bring to the island, it would be garlic sauce. I'm like, I'll put this on coconuts. I'll put this on anything. This shit is delicious. Now, mm. do you think that Papa John's version of that is sort of a bastardization? I don't even, yes. Whatever, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's whatever that is is not okay. Because that was, I mean, people really obviously hate Papa John's. He has he has a lot of <laughs> issues. Yeah. But John, it was John tough. has a lot of John. issues. Yeah, people were very much like, I don't know if I can give up that garlic sauce though. Real, no, no, that's like the yell. I know that garlic yeah. sauce from you know when my family would get pizza after soccer <laughs> games. It's it, no, that's a different. That's oh, okay. a different substance. It's like yeah. a that's more of a milky it's like yellow milk butter. Yeah, it's like milk butter. This is I'm talking Hot about garlic milk butter. I'm yeah. talking about like garlic sauce that they give you with shawarma or garlic sauce. Like you can buy this in it. It's it's basically just garlic, olive oil, and some spices. Okay, and that oh, to yeah. me is the that yeah, is that's delicious. Is the but it's it is my butter. Hmm. You know they say sex is like pizza. Uh, I can tell just by looking at Papa John that he'd be bad at it. Is he bad at pizza or sex? Both. He's bad at pizza oh, too. When oh, I okay. Papa John's pizza reminds me of church. It reminds me of college. College in Indiana. Anyway. <laughs> That's probably why Ryan reminds me of church. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to a church college, so there you go. All right. Well, thanks to Megan and Kieran for joining me. And thanks to Senator Heidi Heitkamp for joining me. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to get in touch, hysteria at crooked.com. If you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends. And we'll be back with more hysteria next week.
Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.